You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Thank you so much for listening to Team Talk. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, and uh, there is an epic game on Saturday in South Bend. And joining us now is Tony Simeone. You hear him uh, with the pre, the halftime, the post. He does play-by-play for Notre Dame men's basketball. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tony, I know there's been epic matchups over for many, many, many decades there in South Bend. Um, But there's just something about Notre Dame and Ohio State playing in South Bend, and it's all going to happen on Saturday. And uh, I'll tell you what, everybody's looking forward to it, and I know you are too. Yeah, well, thanks for having me as always, guys. And it's, I think, the biggest game in this city in 18 years since 2005 against USC, that famous push-push game. And I personally think that if they win, it would be the biggest win here in 30 years since 1993 against Florida State, one versus two, uh, in the game of the century. And it's a loaded college football day. As you guys know, I mean, there are just so many good games around the country. Uh, but I think it's pretty obvious the best ones in South Bend. That's why they saved it for last. Uh, and it's going to be fun to watch them in the life. So talk about your impressions of Notre Dame uh, this season. Really, the only name team on the schedule to this point was uh, North Carolina State and uh, a road win is always good in the ACC against North Carolina State. Uh, that's what the, the Fighting Irish had but the other games uh, have they tested Notre Dame enough to be ready for a matchup like this against the Buckeyes? Yeah, I don't think they've seen anything yet that could test them for what they're going to see on Saturday night. Ohio State of course is a few cuts above anybody they've played that's kind of the nature of college football, though. Uh, Ohio State hasn't played anybody that's going to test them for what Notre Dame is going to show them on Saturday night. I think the encouraging thing is that they've scored 40-plus points in five straight games, which is a school record. Uh, it's hard to set school records at Notre Dame, so that's been encouraging. And if you think back to some years in the past where maybe Notre Dame fans have been slightly disenchanted with results, it's been because even though they haven't really gotten upset outright in any of these games against opponents from non-Power 5 teams, they maybe limped through some of those games. You think about the Toledo game at home a few years back when they had to orchestrate a late-game drive, uh, just kind of scratching out victories against Cal last year at home, a team they should have handled. That hasn't happened this year. They're blowing teams out, beating them by an average of 30 points per game. And so that's, I think, what gives you more optimism going into Saturday night against Ohio State. All right, you're talking about this offense. And, you know, I mean, I know there's a a lot that makes up a successful uh, offense, but the quarterback play uh, out of Sam Hartman. And when we talked to you a while back, it's like, hey, Notre Dame is going into this season with a legitimate Heisman uh, candidate. And uh, this is something I know that uh, we've talked about. Notre Dame signed one of the highest rated high school quarterbacks um and you know you just think that notre dame should have a a heisman level quarterback just about every season year in and year out and obviously hartman is is doing that just that this season and what a difference it makes yeah he's made all the difference in the world and when you think about their quarterback play ian book did a great job for his time on campus three years as a starter he's the all-time winningest quarterback but he didn't necessarily stretch the field the way Sam Hartman does. I would argue that, and, and Sam Hartman has the benefit of being in his sixth year as well, but I would argue that Sam Hartman's probably the most talented quarterback uh, that's quarterback Notre Dame, at least since when Jimmy Clausen came on campus, and, and that never really panned out the way they hoped. You can make a case he's the best quarterback to play the position here 
since Brady Quinn going all the way back to 2005. He's that good. Uh, he has the benefit of those, you know, 48 starts before he got here at Wake Forest. Uh, and he's elevated the play of everyone around him. I think he's also, you know, we talk a lot about how the receivers have had a really balanced attack catching the ball from him. But the running game has benefited from him being such a threat. And, and the running game's always good here. But the fact that they're averaging 204 yards per game on the ground, Audric estimates is picking up 130 of those. He just makes them so dynamic. You can't really cheat against the run uh, against Notre Dame, which in the past, has been an issue at times. If you can key on the run, they're not to worry about them beating you with a vertical passing game. Uh, then you can kind of game plan a little bit differently. But Hartman hasn't allowed that. I think I saw a number that Notre Dame has the most scores from 20 yards or further in the country uh, so far this year, which tells you how explosive the offense has been. Uh, through the first four games this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the runs that Audrey Estime has had, the, uh, what, about an 80-yard touchdown, something crazy, after the uh, the lightning delay gets NC State. Some big ones to really put it away when Central Michigan had it close at halftime last week, and all part of this balanced attack is we're talking to Tony Simeone here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. He's the studio host for Notre Dame football, of course, play-by-play voice for basketball. We'll hear him on the station plenty as we go through the year into basketball season as well. But you talk about elevating the play around him, uh, Tony, with Sam Hartman, and yeah, really bringing up a, a wide receiver group up to speed that really wasn't expected to be a strength of this team, or I, or I guess really more question marks than anything going into the season, right, with the wide receiver core and something that Sam Hartman's really had to bring all these guys along. Just talk about that group and and some things that we just didn't know what they were going to be able to bring to the table this year. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch them develop this season. It's actually amazing. I'm looking at the numbers right now. Their leading receiver as far as yards uh, on the season and yards per game this year is Chris Tyree who, if you've been following Notre Dame, he's a converted running back who moved to receiver this year because, one, the running back room is loaded. Two, as you mentioned, the receiving core was maybe in need of a few more skilled players added to that roster because they just haven't recruited receiver at as high a rate as they'd like to in seasons past. And then to see what he's done right away, he's adjusted so fast. And, and I think it actually, I talked to him last week on our coaches show, uh, but he also acknowledged that moving to receiver would help him possibly pan out to the next level professionally better as well. So he's been a great addition to that receiver. And the fact you can take a running back and make him your leading receiver over the course of an offseason is outstanding. And then Jaden Thomas has been probably their most sure-handed receiver. He leads them in catches. Uh, and in the last couple of weeks, they finally managed to get Tobias Merriweather loose at a big 75-yard touchdown. He's kind of the, the big play hitter they're hoping to add to that offense moving forward. I don't know how consistent he can be, but he at the very least is a guy that Ohio State, when they flip on the film, is going to have to look at and account for. Uh, and they haven't really had a ton of consistent deep threats over the past few years. You think about Will Fuller uh, nearly a decade ago. He's probably the last true big-time deep threat they've had. I think Merriweather is developing into that, and the more he shows that on film, the more honest defenses have to be against this Notre Dame receiving core. Now, you know, we're talking about you know all these receivers and all the offense for Notre Dame, Tony, and everything that's gone well to this point, but there may not be anybody else on the schedule all year that Notre Dame sees like Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I mean, what is it going to take for this secondary to be ready for a guy like that who's going to be playing in the NFL very soon? Yeah, this is the question that I've been looking forward to getting an answer on for over a year. 
because when we went into last year and Notre Dame went to Columbus, had to play the game on the road, it was Marcus Freeman's first ever regular season game coaching. You knew about the weapons at receiver, uh, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, of course, got injured, I think, on the second play of the game. Um, so it, it never really panned out that way. But there, Notre Dame was a, a distinct disadvantage in the secondary against Ohio State. That's what you'd expect. They're always known for having some of the most explosive receivers in the country. Well, you go throughout the year, Benjamin Morrison becomes a freshman All-American, had six picks last year, if you recall, the big one against Clemson, the pick six uh, that kind of won that game. He is a dynamic corner, and they're so deep otherwise in the secondary. with Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, uh, they've got D.J. Brown, uh, a veteran safety. This is as good as the secondary has been since I've been here. This is now my, my eighth year. So I think they can hold up, and I think you will see Benjamin Morrison – in single coverage. I don't know if he'll follow Marvin Harrison Jr. You might be the thing that the Patriots have done for so many years where you double-team the best guy, put Morrison on the second guy, and then take your chances everywhere else. I don't know what Al Goldman exactly will dial up, but going into this game, I don't think they're at the disadvantage that we thought they'd be at last year. Uh, but we're going to find out, because as you said, the first four weeks, they have just not faced those skill position players, and they might not face any better this year, except for maybe on USC, uh, their roster when they come to town in a few weeks. But if they can hold up in the secondary, they can win. If Ohio State's got the edge in that matchup, I think it's going to be tough. But we're going to find out in 72 hours or so. Yeah, we're going to find out Saturday night, and you'll hear him on the broadcast on the pregame show, the postgame show, everything in between. He's Tony Simeone with us here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017, the team. If, if there's an hour delay because there's lightning at NC State, he'll fill that too with the uh, Wake Up the Noise <laughs> podcast. Well, let me ask you, Tony, because Joe has Dude, told me to... Bo- I got to interrupt. Sam, his best uh, you know, performance when it come, came to that. Tony, you remember when they were doing the Chinese acrobats at halftime last year at a Notre Dame men's basketball game and somebody was spinning three plates at a time, uh, story, you know, the, the feet over the, the basketball court. Do you remember how in awe you were of that performance, Tony? Yeah, Red Panda. She's, a, she's an all-time great uh, half, halftime entertainment show and she delivered last year in a remarkable way. Did you awesome. do play-by-play for hockey, basketball, football? I heard you on a Notre Dame game earlier this year against Tennessee. How did you learn how to uh, call, like, uh, plate spinning, uh, Tony? What, did, what gave you experience <laughs> doing that? You just read and react. You just, you just follow Red Panda wherever she goes and do the best you can. Well, I want to ask you, because Joe's told me to bite my tongue on this, and you know, maybe with the, the lightning as severe as it was at NC State, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because the power got knocked out, but... Tony, shouldn't all these games be played indoors by now? Like, just put the weather aside and put a, put Tell a roof. Tell him to bite put a, his tongue, Tony. Put a roof Tony. over everything. No, 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 no. These games are great when they're outside. I think uh, the more, frankly, Notre Dame might not like this, but the more grass, the better. And you saw Aaron Rodgers talking about that with his uh, injury recently. Um, I, I think football is beautiful when it's outside and it's cold. And it's difficult, and it you know look at the, the biggest games in history, the playoffs in the NFL or, or or whatnot are always played in in some of the worst conditions of all time, and that that's kind of what makes football romantic uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, right, oh, we'll bring quick. it up again. Um, hey, yeah, <laughs> we, we doubled up on you. Okay, so here, uh, another thing. We mentioned about, you know, signing uh, the class of 2025, I guess, is uh, Deuce Knight, this quarterback uh, out of Mississippi that'll be going to Notre Dame. Another uh, name that's very, very um, recognizable around here, last name Erlacher 
first name Kennedy. Now, Kennedy Erlacher, son of Brian, is playing his high school football in the Phoenix area, but he's committed to Notre Dame. Is there a little buzz about the fact that Kennedy Erlacher will be making his way to South Bend next year, uh, Tony? Uh, listen, there's always buzz around the future at Notre Dame, but I think what's been interesting about this year uh, is how much that buzz has been tempered because of the present. And I think it's really refreshing. I think you get caught up in this stuff, and, and everyone's excited about who's going to next play all the positions, and whether it's quarterback or in the secondary, whatever it may be. Uh, but the way they've gotten off to a start this year, I ha- I've heard less talk about the future than ever because the present is so exciting. So I know they're excited about what's to come, but the fact that they got through the first four games, and you know, there was a chance that if they stumbled or if Ohio State stumbled, the, the air would be out of the balloon for this weekend. Um, but you're getting an opportunity now to play a game that for a lot of these players and coaches, I think is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, you don't get, you know, Ohio State hasn't been here in 27 years. They haven't been here since 1996. I don't know when they'll be back. Uh, they're in the top ten and um, you know it's just an, and there it's an opportunity for Notre Dame to possibly make their first case to be a college football playoff team since, since 2020. So because of all that, I haven't heard a lot of talk about uh, recruiting, even as as the news has come in uh, over the course of the last few weeks. No, I I got gotcha. you. Plenty of talk about, including especially this weekend uh, with the matchup against Ohio State. You'll hear that right here on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Tony, as always, thanks for uh, your time and uh, being so generous to us here in Albuquerque, and we'll look forward to hearing you uh, on the broadcast crew there on Saturday. Appreciate you, Tony. All right, guys. Thanks, as always. Looking forward to it on Saturday. Should be fun. You got it. All right, Tony Simeone joining us here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. He does a lot of work around the Notre Dame games, and he did the the play-by-play for Tennessee State. Okay, so uh, coming up next... Uh, just because they're an easy target doesn't mean it was a wrong decision. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Team Talk, Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.